greetings, greetings, greetings on this wonderful Wednesday morning, August 23rd, 2022. Today's read is going to be a New York Times article, which I'll read it and then I'll give my insight into it because as a thinking adult, as a critically thinking adult, some of it is just way beyond ridiculous, but it's in the New York Times and it's considered the epitome of journalism in a lot of circles. I read the New York Times not because I necessarily trust in it or believe in it or even like it, but because I know it's a good measure of the thought process of America, the people who um, pull the strings a lot of times. So here it is. So as I read this article, I'm quite sure there's going to be some reader's notes along the way because when I first read it, I I got very angry at the obvious anti-Black racism that is inherent in this so-called journalistic piece. It's, It's so ridiculous. But people, it's packaged in the New York Times as an academic piece. And people just flow with this as if it's Oh, my God. The title is, Good Morning, A Surge in Vehicle Crashes is Disproportionately Harming Lower-Income Families and Black Americans, and written by David Leonard. Not since the 1940s. Vehicle crashes seem as if they might be an equal opportunity public health problem. Americans in every demographic group drive, after all. If anything, Poor families tend to rely more on public transportation and less on car travel. Yet, vehicle deaths turn out to be highly unequal. Lower-income people are much more likely to die in crashes, academic research shows. The racial gaps are also huge, even bigger on a percentage basis than the racial gaps on cancer, according to the CDC. The unequal toll from crashes is particularly notable now because the United States is experiencing an alarming increase in vehicle deaths. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, recently called it a national crisis of fatalities and serious injuries on our roadways, and the toll is falling most heavily on lower-income Americans and Black Americans. The reasons for the increase remain somewhat mysterious, experts say, but the consequences are clear. More than 115 Americans have been dying on the roads on on average every day this year. Today's newsletter will explore the likely explanations for the increase, as well as its unequal impact and the potential solutions. A decline reversed. Not so long ago, the trend in car crashes was a good news story. The death rate began to fall in the early 1970s, thanks in part to the consumer movement started by Ralph Nader. Cars became safer. States passed seatbelt laws. Drunken driving became less common. The declines continued into the early 2010s as airbags became standard and vehicles began to include technology to prevent 
crashes. But the situation changed around 2015, with the death rate mostly rising over the next several years. One reason seems to be distracted driving. By 2015, two-thirds of United States adults owned a smartphone, up from almost none in 2006. Now, that can be true for anybody. So, we've been seeing the um, the ads about don't text and drive and the laws about, you know, not having your phone while you're driving. It just makes sense. Distracted drivers, it's going to be more crashes. That has nothing to do with color or ethnicity or income. If you're a distracted driver, you're going to cause an accident. The United States has also been less aggressive about cracking down on speeding than Britain and some other parts of Europe, and vehicles here tend to be larger. The engorgement of the American vehicle, as Gregory Schiller of the University of Iowa has called it, can kill pedestrians and people in smaller vehicles. These patterns help explain why death rates have fallen substantially more in other countries than in the United States during recent decades. As alarming as these trends were, the biggest increases have taken place more recently since the pandemic. In the spring of 2020, as COVID was transforming daily life, vehicle crashes surged. By the start of this year, the death rate had jumped about 20% from pre-pandemic levels. It has been the sharpest increase since the 1940s. Again, Everybody was involved in the pandemic era. Uh, That is not an income or ethnic issue. Um, But they find a way to to bring it there. How did COVID, COVID lead to more crashes? And this is where the academics gets real ignorant, where smart is real stupid. Because 2020 wasn't just about the pandemic in this country. 2020 was also about the big George Floyd, not George Floyd. I forget the officer's name because all they talk about is George Floyd. But the murder of George Floyd by police and the protests and Breonna Taylor's murder by police and Elijah McClain's murder by police. Uh, Tatiana Jefferson's murder was around the same time. We cannot forget Ahmaud Arbery's murder by people affiliated with the police. The police knew they murdered him and let them go. And the only reason they got caught and convicted was because they took a video of them committing their crime. So 2020 wasn't just about COVID, not at all, not at all. But academics, the smart people, can only apply their information to that. In this country, are you serious? When at that time I worked at a university police department and the police officers that I worked along Side, I was a dispatcher, and they were over the top with their opinions. I won't speak on that. Um, it was a lot. 
but they also had to help out at other universities to protect statues that were coming down. Confederate army statues were coming down. That also happened during the pandemic time. That's the, the part of this article that's missing when they, when they try to go into the psychology of why something would be different among different groups. You cannot look at part of a picture and think you understand the whole picture. That is completely out of context. And to do that is ignorant. I digress. How did COVID lead to more crashes? At first, researchers thought that emptier roads might be the main answer. Open roads can encourage speeding and speeding can be fatal. But even as traffic returned to near normal levels last year, traffic deaths remained high. That combination weakens the empty road theory. As Robert Schneider, an urban planning expert at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee said, the most plausible remaining theories tend to involve the mental health problems caused by COVID's isolation and disruption. Alcohol and drug abuse have increased. Impulsive behavior like running red lights and failing to wear seatbelts also seems to have risen. Many Americans have felt frustrated or unhappy and it seems to have affected their driving. So, reader's note, so this academic piece is focusing on the isolation and disruption by COVID, the rise of alcohol and drug abuse, which is not a Black or poor American thing, because as we can see by the opioid lawsuits and people being held accountable, for opioid increase, that's not black. <laughs> that's not poor. That's a opioids are. We know who's using those. Um, many Americans have felt frustrated or unhappy. That was an opportunity to be honest about what happened in America. What has always happened in America, but what was concentrated during twenty twenty, but they didn't do it. They're a little bit less regulated. They might not be considering consequences. Kira Mouseth, a clinical psychologist at Seattle University, has said. Frank Farley, a psychologist at Temple University, put it this way to the Los Angeles Times. You've been cooped up, locked down, and have restrictions you chafe at. Two psychologists, again, ignoring the huge protest that went across the country during this time. You're not being honest. King Kolosh, who oversees data analysis at the National Safety Council, a nonprofit group, told me that researchers would need years to tease out all the causes. Confusingly, vehicle deaths did not surge in most other countries during the pandemic. Most other countries weren't going with through what we were going through, in addition to COVID, suggesting that stress was a particularly American problem. Yeah, you think? The world really felt upside down, Kolosh said. One encouraging data point that's consistent with this theory, the most recent data shows that vehicle deaths 
declined modestly this spring as COVID restrictions continue to recede. An unequal pandemic. Still, the surge in crashes has become one more way that the pandemic has hurt lower-income Americans and people of color the most. I'm not a people of color. I am Black. And the protests that happened across America was protest against specifically anti-blackness because it's exhausting. As I mentioned above, vehicle fatalities have long been unequal. Poor people are most likely to drive older cars, which can lack safety features. And this, this is another reader's note. That's ridiculous. People have been driving older cars since forever. Forever. Anyway, low-income neighborhoods, this is an almost honest point, low-income neighborhoods are also much more likely to have high-speed roads running through them. So when gentrification occurs or when a neighborhood is not gentrified but needs to be moved out of the way for people with more money to get where they need to go, high-speed roads uh, ran right through people's homes. So, yeah. Um, High-speed roads run through low-income neighborhoods. We have systematically put these arterial roadways in areas where people had less political power to fight back. Rebecca Sanders, the founder of Safe Streets Research and Consulting, said, The pandemic probably exacerbated the gaps because many professionals have begun working from home, while many blue-collar Americans kept driving, biking, or walking to work. Some lower-income workers also drive as part of their jobs. And here we are at the solutions. Mm. Solutions get dangerous when people who are only telling part of the story get to decide what the solutions are. Even if the full explanation of the surge and crashes is murky, many experts believe that the most promising solutions remain clear. So they're, they're murky about the cause, but they're clear on the solutions. How are you going to resolve a problem that you are not fully aware of or fully paying attention to or clear about? How can you clear, be clear on a solution when you're not clear on the problem? That's just plain stupid. (sighs) Making streets safer doesn't require designing new solutions in laboratories. John Rennie Short of the University of Maryland, Baltimore County has written. Jeffrey Michael, another expert, told the Washington Post, this is an issue for which answers are known. Those answers include... Stricter enforcement of speed limits. That's another pass for profiling. I hope everybody that's listening to me understands that's another pass for profiling people. Seatbelt mandates and drunken driving laws. Better designed roads, especially in poorer neighborhoods. More public transit and further spread of safety features like automatic braking. 
continuing to leave behind the disruptions of COVID and the, and the disruptions of everything else that happened during the same time, but that you're ignoring, and the loneliness and stress they have caused seems likely to help too. Um, that article said so much and, you know, just reinforced what I know to be true about America. It's not going to be honest about what's really going on. It's going to continue to promote, to promote the facade of being diverse and inclusive when it comes to processes, procedures, and regulations. Oh yeah, and the politics of it all.